You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today, I want to talk about a letter that I just discovered two days ago that my mother wrote to God regarding me. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And so... My sister-in-law in Dallas, she, I guess she has a box of my mother's stuff. And my mother went to be with the Lord in 2000, uh, 2016. So seven years ago, almost to the day she went to be with the Lord. And my father was, went to be with the Lord six months before her. And so my sister-in-law sent me this letter that my mother wrote, I had no idea that my mother was even doing any of this. Uh, praying for me, the way she was praying for me was stunning. I and When I read the letter the other day, I mean, I couldn't stop crying. I was just like bawling and bawling and bawling. I couldn't believe. Before I read the letter, I'm going to read, this is the, the letter. Uh, this is the kind of, she typed... <laughs> She typed up a letter to God, basically, and this was in it. The title of the letter is A Prayer for Beckett. And I had no idea she was, this was even really something that she was doing consistently or even doing because when she first found out that I identified as gay, when I, um, came back from Tokyo in 1992, I think it was, or 93. Um, she, she had found out while I was in Japan. Uh, and then I came back and she, she, I, as you know, I, I've talked about this before, but I walked into the kitchen the night I got back and she was sitting at the kitchen table and she started crying. And I was like, mom, what's wrong? And she said, she said, I know you're a homosexual and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I just, we kind of talked briefly about it. I told her it was no big deal that it was just, don't worry about me, mom. Like this is, it's not a big deal. This is who I am. And that was the end of it. 
Um, we never talked about it again. And over the years, my mother and I were very close, uh, almost to a fault, but we were very close and we talked on the phone when I was living in, you know, I was living in LA, she was living in Dallas. So we talked on the phone sometimes every night, if, but at least a couple times a week, we just talked a lot and, and she never once after that initial kind of breakdown she had, she never once mentioned homosexuality again to me. Never. She never talked about, you know, she never said, you know, Beckett, I'm praying for you or, you know, Beckett, I'm worried about you and, or Beckett, you know, you should really read the Bible and look at these scriptures. She never did that. And instead she just prayed privately because again, if, if I knew that my mother was praying for me, I would have been offended by that because I would have felt like she was praying against who I was, quote unquote. And so I don't know if she even knew that, but, but instead of sort of berating me over the years or, you know, kind of badgering me or trying to bludgeon me into the kingdom, she just quietly prayed this this prayer is like insane it's so amazing i i i urge uh all parents who are dealing with this or grandparents or family members to to do something like this because it not only did she do this but god god answered the her prayer so i'm going to go through what she wrote line by line and kind of break it down uh, and, and what happened, what was happening in my life at the time and, uh, just kind of some more insight into this. So again, the title is a prayer for Beckett. And the first line says that she, she typed is deal aggressively with the enemy come against him. So I, she's, she's asking God to do this deal aggressively with the enemy come against him in all the in the all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ and with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So my mother immediately, she knows that this is a spiritual battle. And this is not just, this is like this, the homosexuality, this whole kind of LGBTQ stuff is all a spiritual battle. And she knew that. And Paul knew that as well. I mean, Paul the Apostle he said, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So my mother knew that this is a spiritual battle and it needed to be won in the spiritual realm. And she goes on and she says, she quotes James chapter four, verse seven, quote, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then she starts to quote other scripture scriptures, and she, she quotes when Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness by uh, Satan. She quotes Luke chapter 4, verse 8. Um, so the, in Luke chapter 4, it says the devil took him up, took Jesus up, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, 
To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. And if you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And that's what my mother wrote. She wrote, she just wrote that one verse, you shall, you must worship the Lord, your God and serve him alone. And, and so I think maybe she was thinking of me being in Hollywood and kind of like Satan or the devil tempting me to kind of like have all the, you know, be enticed by this world. And just like he was trying to entice Jesus to, to, uh, have all the kingdoms of the world. Um, so I think that's why she was praying this verse over me. Um, you must worship the Lord, your God and serve him alone. And then she quotes Deuteronomy chapter four verse verses. What is this? Uh, four through five, four through six. She says, she quotes Deuteronomy here. O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And so she quotes Deuteronomy 6. And um, I I guess she did that. Yeah, I guess she just you know wanted me to know that... Th- uh, the Lord is one and that you shall, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, your soul and your might. And she wanted that for me. She wanted me to worship God instead of worshiping this world. And, um, and then she says, and then there's another section and she, the title of this section is be removed in all wait, be removed in the all powerful name of, of Jesus Christ. Number one, there's four things she types. So the title is be, Re- be removed in the all powerful name of Jesus Christ. Number one, spirit of homosexuality. And again, I believe that is a spirit. It's, it's, I, it, again, it's a, it's a, it's this kind of demonic spirit. And so number one, she's praying against the spirit of homosexuality. Number two, the desire for homosexuality. Um, so she's praying that my desires will change. We'll be right back after this short break. And number three, denial of his, she's praying, oh, denial of his heterosexuality. I think she's praying that I would stop denying my heterosexuality. Um, and number four, she says, remove all the blocks of the truth. So basically remove any stumbling blocks from me from coming to the truth, coming to Christ, who is the truth. And so those were the four points she made. Um, and, and, uh, and then she says, and then she goes on to say, we bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Beckett belongs to Christ. And this is where it gets emotional because it's crazy that, she says Beckett belongs to Christ. And then she quotes Matthew verse Matthew chapter four. And in Matthew chapter four, 
again, it's Jesus. It's Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And um, it says, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Um, and so she quotes that from Luke. And that's, and that's kind of like a repeat of the Deuteronomy uh, verse, kind of a, the general idea. And then she goes on to this other section, another section. It's, it says, in your tender mercy, Holy Spirit of God Almighty, give him, and then she lists 13 things. She says, so again, it's in your tender mercy, Holy Spirit of God Almighty, give Beckett, number one, right Christian psychologists or doctors. So I think she wanted me to to go to a Christian counselor or therapy for homosexuality, um, which is which is stunning. And then she says, number two, a deep desire for God. Number three, attraction to women. Number four, desire for a family and wife. Number five, a change of heart. That's crazy because my book is a change of affection, a change of heart. And then she quotes uh, Ezekiel. She says, take away his heart of stone and give him a heart of flesh. That's Ezekiel 36, 26. Number six, bring a girl into his path. <laughs> it's amazing. My, I didn't even know she was even thinking about me in these terms. Um I really didn't. And and then she says, number seven, merciful Lord, protect and guide him in every moment of every day. Number eight. Now, this is really crazy that she prayed number eight, because I'll tell you a story about this. She said, protect him from AIDS, from HIV. Now, I always felt like after I got saved 13 years ago, I felt like God had his hand on me regarding the issue of HIV or AIDS because there there was there was this one time I was in a relationship with a guy, let's call him Joe. So I was in a relationship with Joe for two years. This was in like 1997 through 99. And we lived together and in LA and, um, and we, we never once asked each other, you know, Hey, are you HIV positive or negative? We never had that discussion. So we just, you know, quote, fell madly in love with each other. And, and about a year into our relationship, Joe comes home to our house and he says, he said, oh, today I was on Santa Monica Boulevard and there was like a truck, an AIDS, like an HIV testing truck. And I got a te I got tested for HIV. And I was like, oh my gosh. And because just the idea that he even got tested made me really nervous about like what the result was going to be because we'd never talked about it. And so that was back in the day when it took a week to get your results back. And so, um, so I was kind of anxious the whole week and a week went by and I, you know, I said, Joe, like you should probably go get your results, right. For your test. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. And so we went 
he left our house and uh, went to to get his results. And he was he was only supposed to be gone for like thirty minutes. It was just like down the hill in West Hollywood. And uh, but thirty minutes goes by, an hour goes by, two hours go by, three hours go by, four hours go by, and I'm like, what is going on? And this was before. He didn't have a cell phone at that time. And I, I don't think I had a cell phone. I had a home line. And um, he finally, I get a call from Joe. And he says, he says, Beck, I'm positive. And I'm like, what? And I, I was so traumatized by that. And he came home immediately and when I saw him, we both just started bawling and bawling and bawling. And I was convinced, I was 100% sure that I was HIV positive as well. Because there was no, no natural way to explain that I wouldn't have been. Um, I'm not going to get into the details, but it, there's no way that I, I couldn't have been positive. So I knew, I just was like, this is... And I remember crying, we were crying and I said, how am I going to tell my mother? That was my first thought. Like, how am I going to tell my mother? And, and so, uh, the next, so I was just convinced. I just was convinced that I was positive. The next day I went down the hill. We went to this clinic in West Hollywood and I got tested and I told the guy, the counselor there, the guy, I told him the circumstances and he basically said, yeah, you probably have it. And I was like, great. And again, I had to wait a week to get my results. And it was just the worst week of my life. I was just like so devastated. And again, back in that, that those days, HIV was still pretty much a death sentence. If not, if, if, if not a death sentence, then it was just kind of like a really bad, you know, health issue, health life issues, you know, you're that you were going to basically have bad, terrible problems with your health for the rest of your life. So it was a really scary time. And then a week goes by and I... I go to the clinic, Joe and I go together to the clinic. It's actually right across the street here. And I walk in and the, the guy, the counselor, he's like coming to my office and I'm just like, I mean, I don't need my, I was just like in a panic and I sit down and he takes an extra long time to tell. He's like, he's going through, you know, his papers and I'm just like, can you just please tell me? And he finally says, so uh, you're negative. And I was like, what? He said, yeah. He's like, I'm surprised, but you're negative. And I was like, wow, like that's amazing. And, um, and then my relationship with Joe went downhill after that because it was like this, he was positive. I was negative, And, and it was like, there was this tension because of that, a, bit, a major tension. And so, it was just a complete miracle that I, I've never, I never got HIV. Like I never got it in my life. Um, and 
there were so many other kind of dangerous moments, but like the, the fact that God kind of protected me, I mean, this is, this is why, <laughs> this is why, because my mother prayed, protect him from AIDS. Like, I didn't even know my mother was even thinking about that. I didn't even know she fully even knew what AIDS was. Like the fact that she prayed this is just like stunning to me. And, and again, when I got saved, I just was like, God totally protected me. I don't know how or why, like I had some crazy supernatural immunity to this disease and it's because of prayer. And then number nine, she says, lead him to a conversion experience. (laughs) Well, she got that one. Um, I had a, you know, as you know, my conversion experience was so major. It was like a road to Damascus experience. And, uh, and so I definitely had the shit that, that prayer was answered. Number 10, give him knowledge that homosexuality is physically dangerous and does not come from birth, but is a serious wrongdoing. Yeah. And again, I just, I didn't even know she was even thinking about if, you know, just like how someone becomes homosexual, like born gay or yeah, I, I didn't even think that was on her radar. My mother was so, um, I love this, this letter because it's such, her faith was so, she was such a, um, she was such a powerful intercessor and a prayer warrior, but she was so childlike in her faith. And I know that when she was typing these things, she, <laughs> I know that she totally believed them that she, I know that she never doubted that God was going to answer this. That's how just childlike my mother's faith was. And then she goes on to number 11, <clears throat> let him live and sing your praises. And she has the word live underlined and sing underlined. I told you this was, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be emotional, but like, I mean, what are the chances? Like, I mean, I'm literally living and singing God's praises now. That's all I do. That's all I want to do. And, um, that, that came true. God answered this prayer. Number 12, she says, lead him to the work of your choice. Um, and so, yeah, God, you know, God led me into production design for many, many years, but then, you know, now it's into ministry. So, um, she prayed for my vocation basically. And number 13, give him anything else you see he needs sweet Lord. Um, so, uh, she goes on in the letter to, she says, we, we pray this prayer according to Philippians four, six through seven and Philippians four, six through seven. She doesn't have it typed out, but it's do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then underneath this, she has A, B, and C. A, we pray these petitions. B, 
we ask for your mercy, even though we don't deserve it as we look, look over our lives. Yeah. She understood that mercy was not deserved. His grace was not deserved. So again, we ask for your mercy, even though we don't deserve it as we look over our lives. C, the letter C, she says, we thank you, Lord, for hearing this prayer. So do you see, she's already thanking the Lord because she knows he's hearing this prayer and she's confident. I know my mother and she's confident that he's going to answer. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I'm just, this is such a beautiful prayer and it just kills me. And um, I'm not finished yet. I'm almost done. But my mother, of course, got to see that this all came true, that God answered all these prayers because I got saved in 2009 and she she was alive until 2016. So she was so just over the moon, so happy that that God uh, answered all these prayers. But what was interesting about it, when I, when she, when I told her that I was a Christian, that I, I had this major conversion experience, got saved, was no longer living as a homosexual, like that was not my identity, that was gone. I, I mean, I told her everything. And she, what's, what's fascinating about that is at the time, I, it was curious because she didn't seem to be that surprised. <laughs> it was almost like she was like, yeah, okay, great. I love you. Like she, she just kind of assumed it was going to happen. And, and I'm telling you, this prayer is like, I, this prayer is so her. And it's the fact that um, she just typed this up. And just, she, I know that she believed it was going to happen. I know my mother, like I know that she 100% believed that all of this was going to happen. Okay, so the the final thing she says is just, I can't even believe it. This is This kind of sums up what I was saying in the beginning about how she never badgered me about being quote unquote gay. She said, it says, P.S. It's very possible that when each of us really accepts, not just tolerates Beckett and his friends in our hearts, he will turn to the Lord. Pray for this grace. So I was always, because I was always kind of um, confused that because when I had boyfriends, I would talk to my mother sometimes about my boyfriends. I mean, I, I would mention Joe to my mom. She knew I was living with the guy. I mean, she knew I was in all my boyfriends. When I lived in Rome, she knew <laughs> that I was dating an Italian guy. She knew. But I love that she says, it's very possible that when each of us really accepts, not just tolerates Beckett, and his friends in our hearts, he will turn to the Lord. I mean, <laughs> she knew that loving me and loving my friends was, in other words, she she wasn't under this misapprehension that she had to kind of be distant from my 
my boyfriends or, or be mean to them or be rude to them or hate them. Or she knew that my family needed to accept me, not just tolerate me, but accept me and my friends into their hearts. And so my mother, even when I would mention boyfriends to her and talk about, you know, just stuff that was going on, she never, she was just so loving about it. She never said, you know, oh, well, I don't want to hear that. You know, don't tell me about that. I don't want to hear that part of your life. You know, I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I doubt she, you know, if I ended up ever getting married to a, a guy, like, I don't think she would come to the wedding, but I really don't know. Actually, I've never talked to her about that, but, um, but I love that she, she knew that because again, I already knew my whole life. I knew where my mother stood on this issue. I knew that she believed homosexual behavior was a sin. I, I knew it a hundred percent. So there was no need for her to ever repeat that to me. Like I didn't need to be reminded of that. <laughs> I didn't forget that, you know? And so she just, I love that she, she knew that, um, she just needed to love me and love my friends and, and including my boyfriends. And, and she was, I think she was praying that for my other siblings as well. And Mark for, for my father to, to quote, really accept, not just tolerate Beckett and his friends in our hearts. I don't know. I mean, I, I read this, this prayer and I, I think it's pretty much perfect. I think it's the perfect prayer to God. Uh, if you're a parent or a family member who is dealing with a, a gay or lesbian or trans child, like this is powerful stuff. And God listens to these kinds of prayers. God listens to prayer and he hears us. And, and again, you know, it's, 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 it's easy to fall into our flesh and want to control the situation and want to manipulate the situation and try to control every aspect and keep sending our son, you know, you know, Bible verses or books or this or that or videos, but it's just, it's all about prayer. I think Christopher Yuan, I think his, his mother was the same way. She just went into her prayer closet and prayed, you know, five hours a day or whatever it was. Anyway, I just, I'm not saying this is exactly how every person should pray for their, their prodigal, but, uh, this is, I think a good outline to pray. And, um, yeah, again, just God's protection over my life over, over all those years of just being in such crazy in LA, just in crazy, dangerous situations, all, you know, it's just. God protected me and had his hand over me the whole time. And there's nothing like a mother's prayer. I think of Augustine and his mother, Monica, who just prayed and prayed for him. Um, my mother was a Monica. And so I hope that uh, helped you. It really blew my mind. Um, I'm still just, I mean, I just want to read this letter every morning when I wake up just to have a reminder of, the power of prayer and where I was and where I am now, thanks to the prayers of my mother and other family members. And so I hope that helped you guys. And, um, yeah, thank you for, 
<laughs> bearing with me during this, but um, I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of the Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.